Welcome back to another episode of the Jasmine Star Show. I have to tell you, like prepare your hearts. We're coming in real hot with somebody I look up to, I admire, who is inspiring and who has been so connected to so many different entrepreneurs in many different ways and shapes over the years. And so it's been really incredible to not just see her inspire business owners, uh, not just outline what it takes to run a business, not just outline what it takes to fund a business and create a business, not just what it takes to be a, you know, a very rare female in Silicon Valley, but also be a founder of an NFT project amongst many other things things. Britt Morin is a serial entrepreneur and she is also an investor. She's the co-founder of BFF and it's an open access community to help more women and non-binary people get educated, connected, and rewarded in all things crypto. But first, Outside of that, I think it's really important for us to get a foundation of who it is and why she's so connected and why this conversation can empower you to make better decisions in your business. So Britt, thank you and welcome to the Jasmine Star Show. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone out there. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, we are definitely happier that you're here. So we're going to dive right in. So kind of just want to lay the framework. So for people who might be unfamiliar with who you are, how would you describe yourself? It's a really good question because I've done a lot of things. I'm doing a lot of things. I have multiple jobs. I am a serial entrepreneur and venture capitalist. I um, got my start almost 20 years ago, which makes me feel very old in Silicon Valley at Apple, then Google. Then I launched Britain Co. in 2011, which is still alive and well almost 11 years later um, and reaches... And really the mission of Britain Co. is to help women learn how to do it themselves, whatever it is. Um, We have an online education business as well as digital media. Um, And then Self-Made, I'm the founder of as well, which is a sister company to Britain Co. and helps women learn how to start and grow their own businesses, whether they be venture tracks or just small business, profitable businesses, which we all love. Then I'm the founder of Offline Ventures, which has two funds now that do we do early stage venture capital investing, largely in technology-driven businesses. Um, but it's called Offline because I really love businesses that impact our real lives. So things that exist at the intersection of Healthcare, childcare, education, you know, social networks that are actually healthy for us, <laughs> mental health, et cetera. Um, and then now my latest venture is BFF, which you mentioned. And that is all about helping women get onboarded and invested into crypto and Web3. Mm, okay. So that's a lot. Like y'all are listening right now and Britt does it all. It sounds like she might be a vampire, but I actually am quite just so blown away. She is also a mother of two amazing little humans and has a life partner and amazing things being able to watch how she's balancing what seems to be so, so very much. But one thing I want to isolate is like when I listen to Britt talk, it's been very interesting because our paths intersected online far before we actually knew each other. Britt and co, like when we think about that we think about what it means it's like it started off with education teaching people and then all of a sudden the next iteration shortly thereafter or somewhat time thereafter it's like self-made how do you go and do the thing how do you monetize how do you grow and then it became into investing in other companies and now she's pioneering the way so when we think about what happened in the past like 10 years uh, i read something about britain co quote imagine if every woman felt empowered enough to rise to her full potential We've been building a space for women to be their most creative and courageous selves since 2011. Okay, so how did you start like that first business over a decade ago? And we talk about all these changes, but take us back to that place because so many listeners are like, I think I have something massive to do in this world, but I feel like where do I start and how do I start? So take us back there. 
Yes. Oh, it's the juiciest, most amazing period. I'm so excited for all of you who are at that juncture in your life right now. It is also the most terrifying, scary, (laughs) riskiest period of your life. And if you want to cry and scream and quit, you know, you're in the right place. Um, There's a reason why Jasmine and I, when we look at each other in the eye, (laughs) we're like, oh, I got, I get you. I get you're crazy. Like me, like we both decided to do this thing and I don't know why we did it. And that's kind of how I felt. It was Um, 2011, like I said, I had this cush job at Google. I was four years in working my way up the ladder, getting paid a great salary. What were you doing at Google? I was doing product management, product marketing. Actually my, my last role, I was working within the YouTube org and I got to see the rise of the creator economy. They weren't even like, I think YouTube actually first coined the term creator. My husband was early at Facebook. So I got to see the rise of social networks. He started another social network called path that grew to 50 million users. So I was like in the heyday of tech Silicon Valley, you know, YouTube, Google, so sexy. And then I was like, I think I'm going to quit. I think I'm going to quit and I'm going to take a chance on myself to follow this weird passion I have inside me um, to help women believe they are creative, capable, courageous human beings. Because if you actually look and ask a bunch of women, if they are those things, most of them will tell you they don't think they are. They want to, they totally want to be creative. They definitely want to be courageous but then they get scared. They get nervous. They don't think they know enough. They're not pretty enough. They're not smart enough. They're not this enough, that enough. <laughs> and so they don't. And, um, and that's, that's an injustice to the world and to society. And having grown up with a mother who had debilitating depression, I never saw that as an example in my life. And I never wanted any other woman to have to go through that. And so that was the impetus for Britain Co. And it felt like a longing more than a job. And I think if that's something in you, if there's a problem you want to solve that feels like I might be put on this earth to do this thing. I, there's so many weird breadcrumbs in my life that have led me to this point. This is a problem. I know I can uniquely solve. Maybe I should try. That's the position I was in in 2011 when I quit my job at Google. I had six months of you know life savings and I went out and started this company that today is known as Britain Co. That's incredible. So you're there and you are met with quite a bit of success. And so I think that somebody can look at somebody who took a risk to leave Google and the Silicon Valley sexiness that it is to take a risk. And they're like, oh no, what is she doing? Does she know what she's doing? To later having a lot of recognition and press and success, like your mission to empower women specifically to be courageous and creative. It was happening. It was happening and it was growing. And so then when you start kind of thinking and toying around a different idea of self-made, were you up against the same things? Like when you transitioned from Google to Britain Co., what was like the, your sphere? Were they were they supportive? Were they excited? What, what did you come up against? And then did it repeat itself again before self-made? Yeah, it's so funny. I, I remember meeting with the CMO of Google, which was like this huge deal. By the way, I was 25. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I said, I'm leaving. And she said, that's really a bummer, but the door is always open if you want to come back. <laughs> and to myself, I thought literally in that moment, I was like, oh, thank God. Cause I have no idea if this is going to work. You know, 99% of startups don't work. I have, I'm Googling. I don't know what PNL means and these weird acronyms people keep bringing up to me. Um, and so that was a thing. And I did, I did Google my way through my first like 12 months of learning entrepreneurship. And actually it was kind of in spite of that, that I thought about self-made. And I know you're in this world all the time too, but like the pandemic had just started 5 million women either 
like got laid off, furloughed, had to leave their jobs. It was the she session, you know, this whole thing. And I just got angry. And I was like, similarly about women being angry about women, not thinking they're creative and courageous. I was like, Mm. why, why are women just thinking they have to sit on the sidelines right now when they could be making money? I can teach them how to make money. They can make money working on their own hours. Even if they're homeschooling their kids at home, they can make money in all these different ways. They can make money doing something they actually like. Maybe that job they had and they got furloughed from actually sucked anyways. And that wasn't their passion. And so why don't I teach them how to do that? And, and by the way, my first multiple years of Britain Co. were really hard, actually. It was not just the up and to the right journey. There were so many highs and lows. If like 50 of my you know, most successful CEO girlfriends of today could have like mentored 25-year-old Brit and could have like given me the crash course, I bet I could have accelerated that business way faster than I did. And so I said, why don't, why don't we do that? Why don't we do that for women, these 5 million women and, and, and more right now? And that's where self-made began. And, you know, I think it, it, like many other, you know, different types of courses just really struck a nerve. And more than that, it was like a community and, and still is, by the way, it's still around tryselfmade.com of like-minded founders that want belonging, that want personal growth, career growth, they they're facing the same type of fear creatively and courageously as someone who comes to Britain Co. to like redecorate their home or make an Easter brunch for a bunch of friends for the first time. <laughs> and, and it's about that comfort edge, you know, that comfort zone, like to get out of that and to expand that edge is really the theme of what I think my life is about. And now we're doing the same thing with BFF and crypto. Women are afraid of crypto. I've never invested in crypto. What's a wallet? What's an NFT? I'm uncomfortable. This is scary. And so you're sensing a trend here that anytime a woman thinks something is scary and uncomfortable, <laughs> Brit shows up and pulls Brit you right gets into it. Off and is like, we're gonna actually, yeah. I get angry. I actually legitimately get angry, and I'm like, no, you are doing this, and I'm holding your hand, and you're gonna do it with me. <laughs> and that okay, so okay, I have to let you know that there has been kind of not kind of, there has been a distinct pushback. Like I know my podcast has always been more than anything. It is a mindset podcast dressed up in business. And I know that. And so there has been a little bit or quite a bit of pushback in that whenever I've just interest, like introduced, Hey, we're going to be doing topics because this is, this is the future. I would love to help facilitate and share what I'm learning. And so I'm bringing in guests and I feel the distinct pushback. And I am suspecting since the thing I do is mindset dressed in business. And I'm like, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of doubt and there's a lot of, we don't want to change because change means we are less safe. And that's like a, a mental construct we've created. So all of a sudden you're in this space and you see the future and you see women kind of being edged out. You get a little pissed and you're like, I'm going to do something to change. But there had to have been something in the middle, right? So like, when did you get your first NFT? When people are talking about this, like go back to that Brit when they're talking about wallets and you're kind of like, What's going on here and how do I jump in? Yeah, they're kind of like three phases. So again, by proxy of being in and around Silicon Valley and just having most of my professional network here, I first heard about Bitcoin and crypto in like 2012 and it's super <laughs> speculative. And my friend Winces Cesaris, he runs this company called Zappo, was talking mostly to the dudes about why they need to buy Bitcoin. It was like $29 at the time. Everyone's like, what is this thing? Digital currency? Okay. But unlike women, I'm generalizing. Okay. But unlike what most women probably would have done in that scenario, 
all the men were like, cool, I'm going to buy like a hundred Bitcoin at $29. I don't know. It's like, you know, a couple thousand dollars, whatever. And that today is worth a lot of money. And, and so even, and then 2017 hit, that's chapter two, 2017 was like, Bitcoin was really on the rise. Now it was like, Five to ten thousand dollars a per Bitcoin, and only four percent of women were investing in cryptocurrency. And I was like, "What? Like these twenty these guys that bought for twenty nine dollars are now like making thousands of dollars per Bitcoin? Like I can't believe this. Why aren't women investing?" And so Britain Co which again, helps women like push through their comfort zone creatively, courageously, all the things. We hosted a crypto summit in January of 2018 and taught women about Bitcoin and blockchain. And like a lot of women actually that to that day, to this day told me that they bought that night and there were 20,000 women that showed up live and virtually. And I thought that was a huge success, but you know, I didn't really do much more than that. I was just like, yay, Bitcoin. Cool. It wasn't until early 2021 last year when like Web3 became a term and NFTs became a real thing. And now the economy of this crypto world was multi-trillions of dollars and the price of Bitcoin was $50,000. And I looked at the numbers again, and now it was like 10 to 15% of women were participating, which is better than four, but it's definitely not parity. And it all started clicking for me, to be honest, throughout 2021, throughout the first half of 2021, like, oh, this is for real. This is, this is where the internet's for real going like mainstream people are starting to understand it, to get in on it. A lot of people are making a lot of money. It's creating like a new way to think about businesses. So people that are entrepreneurs, this could be enlightening for, and it's creating like a healthier internet, to be honest. It's not an internet that I think is going to be run by five companies anymore. Like the big social networks is going to be distributed and people are going to own their own and like get to trade it and sell it. And oh my God. And so I like went crazy and I was like, you know, I got to do something more than an event this time. Like this needs to be an actual company, a brand. And that's what we've created with BFF. Okay. So we crunched in a pretty significant time frame, but the one that I'm going to drill in right now is you had said two things that rose to the top is that you started seeing in 2021 that there is the capability and capacity for business owners to be using this, but I don't want to get there quite yet because I'm going to draw people in. Like, I kind of feel like I'm a law school, I'm legit a law school dropout. And I always feel like whenever I, I have to present a case, like, let me present a case. And like, here's our like expert witness right here. So you all of a sudden start saying something is truly happening. 2021. Now is your first thought I need to host an event or is your first thought I need to do a project? In 2021, it was, why are all the men launching multi-billion dollar, multi-hundreds, millions of dollars projects that are getting to this scale of revenue within 12 months. And it's all all male founders and it's all mostly male participants. Yes. And I'm like, literally the point of Web3 is decentralized, collaborative, community-based. I'm like, women are the... Queens of community building and collaboration. Like we should be owning this space. It's crazy to me, but if only they understood it, if only they understood the risks and the benefits. And like, I think we just have different brains. We have different ways we like to invest. We have different ways we like to like think before we jump in. (laughs) And, and so, uh, I was like, and this is about decentralization. So why not all collaborate on this project together. Like why not make something for everyone to get ownership in and participation in 
and let's build a brand together. Has anyone ever done that? Has anyone ever built a brand together where like the community is partially an owner? It's like having a cap table on your company with every user getting like a fractional share of the company. And how cool would that be? And so I just got really excited about that concept and wanted to fight the patriarchy a little bit. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that's where it started. So it definitely was not an event. It was a project. Okay. So you start, you make the decision. And when the thing that I've watched from a distance is that when you make a decision, it's like you, you're fulfilling on that decision. <laughs> but what, what, what is, what's the impetus? Like, you're like, I make the decision and then what it's, do I ideate on my own? Do I find a cope? Like what, what happens? Yeah. Well, like I said, I have these other jobs. So, (laughs) and these children and a husband and stuff. Yeah. And like try my sanity sort of. Um, and I, I was like, okay, is this crazy? Like, but if not me, who, and if not now, when, and, and so I was like, I definitely need a co-founder and I need, you know, a bunch of partners in this. And so I had seen this woman, Jamie Schmidt, actually, she was a self-made teacher for self-made and came in and coached our students. One class, she's the founder of Schmidt's Naturals, which is the skincare and deodorant line that ended up selling to Unilever in 2015 for like a hundred million dollars. And by the way, she bootstrapped it. Like, just an amazing entrepreneur. You would never think that that kind of person would be in the Web3 crypto space, except for the fact that she had recently launched this big project that had a lot of success called CP, Club CPG. Yeah. You know, CPG is consumer packaged yes. goods. And literally it's NFTs of things like potato chips and you know, a Coke can and deodorant, not Coke, like a CPG right. yeah. Coke can. And, um, and, and so she had like launched an NFT project and she was kind of like tweeting about it and I was like, man, who do I know? There were like so few women in the space. I'm like, who could I poach to like help me? And I was like, nah, maybe this Jamie girl who I've met one time over Zoom would, you know, work with me on this. And I gave her a phone call. She committed on the spot, which is also just really random. And I actually don't recommend that to anyone looking for a co-founder, <laughs> but I've never met her in person. She committed on the spot and she was like, cool, let's do it. And I was like, okay. So all of a sudden she's my co-founder. And then we said, you know, well, let's find a bunch of founding members who can, mm-hmm. you know, weigh in with their expertise. Okay, Brent. They're still so. I need to hear this. I okay. you know I need to hear this, but I know where our listeners are when they're like oh, an NFT around potato chips, <laughs> an NFT around pop. Like, so this is where business owners are like, wait, wait, wait. I can't get to the next thing without understanding. Like, what does she actually mean here? Yeah. So here's here's what Club CPG is all about. And this is what I largely think NFTs are about and are becoming um, in today's world, which is they're communities of belonging around a shared interest. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the internet has gotten so broad and we're all on the same three social networks or, or five if you're an influencer. <laughs> and I see a little bit of interior design. I see a little bit of like bikini photos, travel, like a little bit of everything, a little bit of everywhere. I don't really understand my algorithm and my feed. It's not like a real conversation. I'm just passively scrolling. I want somewhere I belong. I want somewhere I can learn. I want, it's largely why self-made works so well. Like people want to be in this community with like-minded people where they're learning and growing and belonging. And Club CPG was doing that for people who professionally work in the consumer packaged goods industry, who want to talk about like, 
the future of direct-to-consumer e-commerce and packaging and product creation and all of these different things and get to learn from some of the most incredible executives in the CPG space. And so when you buy this image of a potato chip bag (laughs) or a pop bottle or deodorant can, like what you're buying is an access ticket to be in this community. And I think that's really compelling because also you can sell it whenever you want out and potentially get your money back or make money. Or more. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that pause because now it's actually connecting for a lot of people. It's I get to pay to be a part of a group of people all caring about the same thing. So we're talking about potato chips and you're like, I I still don't get it. Well, there's this thing called LinkedIn and it's just a bunch of people who love golf. And so you're, you're asking yourself, oh, I'm going to be paid to be part of a group about people who talk about golf. Because when you pay to be a part of that group, it's not just the conversation, there are other perks. And we can get into that at different points in time. So now we're reshaping this conversation of how does it mean for you to participate? You get to buy an NFT and be part of communities around things you really care about with a group of people who care about it just as much as you do, even if it's like bag of potato chips. So here we see Brit seeing another person being like, you're doing this in this space and there's a bunch of people who care about potato chips. Do you want to hop on this train with a bunch of women and revolutionize the way that we see this. She basically says, yes on the spot after having me met once, then what? Then it was all about the launch event. And it was like, okay, Mm. here's what our hypothesis is. Women and non-binary people probably do wanna learn more about Web3 and crypto, but they probably have a ton of questions. They don't know where to search. All of the content currently on the internet is mostly made by men and is jargony and hard to understand. Why don't we get a bunch of our friends who come from lots of different spaces to launch an event, a virtual event together that teaches them all about what is the blockchain? What is an NFT? Why would you buy an NFT? What are all these things? What's the future of this world? Is this a fad? Is it here to stay? All of that stuff. And and coming from people who are both super experts and super beginners and noobs and like are skeptical because we want everyone out there to see themselves in this community. And so we recruited you and (laughs) like 50 other incredible women ranging from celebrities like Mila Kunis and Tyra Banks and Gwyneth Paltrow, who, you know, by the way, Mila Kunis has a web three company. It's amazing to, you know, CEOs of web three startups to interior designers and artists and athletes and everyone in between. And we said, okay, everyone bring your networks of people who are interested to this event And we're going to just teach them. We're going to educate them. And we're going to do it as this entity called BFF. So good. So before we get to the next thing, one of the things that I absolutely love about you, because it's something that I do. So here we are, two like-minded people, is that you choose a word of the year. And I read a bit ago an Instagram post where 2020, your word was simple. And 2021, your word was release. And you wrote a little bit about each of those years, but if it's okay with you, I'd like to read what you wrote about 2022 specifically in your word with serendipity. The thing I learned this past year was that often when I release control, 
or didn't know what to do next, something serendipitous happened that led me to the right place or person. This year, I'm going to try to stay in serendipity zone as long as possible, noticing the people coming into my life and the random losses or opportunities and the ideas that hit me when I'm quiet, still, or least expecting them. My goal is to listen to the whispers that are guiding me to my next move rather than let logic override my decisions every time. And maybe, just maybe, a little bit of magic might happen. So you write that at the beginning of, or more or less at the beginning of 2022, and you have this event. And from the outside, I I know I'm a biased peanut gallery watcher. It was a smashing success. Smashing. Could you, were you thinking it's going to be that big? Could you think it, it could have been bigger? Like what, what happens here? Because at this event, I'm about to like jump to the end. Let me just jump to the end. Is this event is flawless. It is broadcasted on YouTube. Tens of thousands of people signed up. Tens of thousands of people are watching. You could still absolutely still go watch it. I highly encourage you to do it. It's really rudimentary, basic, but it allows, lays and allows the foundation for you to do that. But at the end, for people who are watching, they say, Hey, as a form of action, getting somebody to do something, it's not enough. Brit says it's not enough to teach women. What you have to do is guide the woman. So she puts her bracelet where her mouth is. She says you build a wallet and hey, after this live event, if you want to build a wallet, we'll teach you. And then you send us your wallet information and we're going to airdrop it. We're going to put a bracelet in your wallet. So imagine you're getting off a big yellow bus to go to summer camp and you have this little tiny wallet that somebody gives you and inside of it is a hand braided bracelet. And you think to yourself, I just arrived at summer camp and I got a gift. Yes, that is exactly the same sentiment as you came to this event and you got a bracelet and the bracelet is worth something. It's worth what the market is willing to pay. So before we get to that point, when you're at the event and you see this event, what in the heck is going on in your mind? Like that night you close your computer and what? Oh my gosh. We had no idea. I remember talking to Jamie, my co-founder, and I said, you know, how many people do you think are going to show up to this thing? She was like, I don't know, a couple hundred. Like, what do you think our goal should be? She was like, she was like 500 maybe. Okay, fine. 500. You know? And I was like, I don't know. I feel like it could be thousands. Um, and And then you know, we did two weeks of marketing beforehand and I mean, tens of thousands were signing up and we were like, oh, like, but not all of them are, you know, it's not like they're going to show up, you know, like it's, it's a free event, whatever. And, and a lot of people showed up and we were like, oh, okay. And yeah, the, the whole thing about our launch was, and this is with anything, right? Like you can <laughs> teach a man to fish, um, but what's the, fr- I don't even remember the yeah. phrase, like, can, like lead a horse, fish. you yeah. can lead a horse to water, but you can't force him to drink. Uh, maybe that not. too. But I think the, the more apropos is you can give a man a fish and he eats for a day and you could teach a man how to fish and he eats for the rest of his life. And you're like, we're going to teach people how to well, fish. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not just going to teach them how to fish. I'm going to like give him the fishing pole, yes. make, make him put the bait yes. on, make, make him put the bait in the water, yes. teach him how to reel it. Yes. Like he's going to catch a fish tonight. Yes. So, she so is. it was. I mean, she's going to catch the fish <laughs> because I, I'm, I join a lot of these things. They're educational. It's yes. cool. And I'm like, hmm, maybe one day I'll like be in the crypto world. And I'm like, no, today is the day you're going to enter the crypto world. And, and there's a reason why, and it's, it's a 48 hour window and it's a multi thousand dollar potential reason why yeah. you needed to, to do this. You need to open a wallet, which takes literally five minutes. And you need to send me your wallet address, your ID for your wallet. 
And when you do that, to your point, I am going to give you a free gift direct in that wallet. You have to pay $0, zero ETH, zero anything. And hold on to that and see, just see, like maybe it'll become something. Maybe it'll give you access into something. Maybe it'll become valuable. I'm not going to make any promises. And that's what we did. And so 48 hours following the event, we had thousands upon thousands of women setting up their very first crypto wallet, receiving their very first NFT into that wallet, still not totally understanding what they're doing, but they felt successful because they like did something. And now they kind of understand what I was talking about when I was explaining what a wallet and NFT was in that two hour event. And now three months later, it happens to be worth thousands of dollars. It didn't take three months for it to be worth a lot of money. I thought it was, I think I saw something three weeks later that a girl, and this is one of the things, and I actually, it struck me. It made me so proud to be very far removed from the actual inception and deployment of the project, but to see that there were a group of people who got together with the sole intention of creating financial freedom and financial literacy in a new sphere where it's uncharted territory and an opportunity for people to build wealth and to break a generational curse. If your entire life you have lived in blue collar and you don't see a way out, you get educated and the, the future is yours. And I've never in this span of my life ever seen anything this powerful, this palpitating, and I'm like purposely inching people toward it. So there I am. And thereafter, I had noticed because I was following the BFF event hashtags and a girl was airdropped a bracelet and she was in bad shape. She had medical bills. She was wildly in debt. She set up her wallet. She was airdropped a bracelet and somebody wanted to buy it from her. She didn't pay anything. And someone says, I want to buy you. I want to buy it from you. And I don't know the exact number. I do know it was over $1,000. And she said, I sold my bracelet. I desperately needed to pay hospital bills. And I thought to myself, this is it. This is it. This is what we set out to do. And this is just the beginning. It's not even the thing. This is the thing that leads to the thing that leads to the thing. So I felt really proud watching it from the far out part. What moment since that event and airdropping it, people's first NFTs to minting it to women just like really loving it and making money and enjoying the process and getting into community. Is there like one or two things that pop out and be like, wow, this is what I am proud of. Oh, it's that what you just said encapsulated. I mean, we've the number of times I've heard my first NFT, my grandma's first NFT, my mom's first NFT, my wife's first NFT, my daughter's first NFT my first wallet, my first, this, my first, that it's, um, you know, it reminds me of back in the day when we used to like download music illegally <laughs> <laughs> and it was really complicated. You had to have like yes. Napster and then the burn, the burn yes. CD app and you had to get the CDs and burn it. And like, but then you made this amazing CD with your favorite songs. You're like, this was my first burn CD. And you're so proud of it. And you're like, it's, it's like, this was an unlock moment. Like, oh my gosh, music is going to be digitized. Music is going to come from the internet. Like it finally clicked for me when I was 13 and I made my first downloaded illegal burn <laughs> CD. And I'm like, we're giving that experience to people where they're like, oh, it's like they were blind and now they see, and they're like, I get it. I understand the future now a little bit more clearly. And I now I have all these ideas. I mean, it happened even with um, the founding BFF community. So we have these founding members, like I mentioned, you're one of them. One of them, um, I don't know if I can say her name, is a very, 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 very successful entrepreneur, like has 
created a billion dollar company, was on text threads with me throughout December and January when we were doing all this, asking me, like, I don't understand. Why would I, how do I do a wallet? What do I do? You know, it's just like our audience. Three months later, since then, she sends me a pitch deck for her new company. That's a new Web3 company that, like, because of BFF, like, she feels passionate to start. And she's like a seasoned veteran entrepreneur who might just change the world with this new company too. And I'm like, wow, like, I wonder what other stories like this exist just because BFF onboarded so many people into this and now they see the light. Now they understand. Now it all clicks and it fits together. And so beyond the making money thing, which I love, but I can't promise, <laughs> it's that it's it changes perspective and it levels the playing field in many ways. And you know, once you understand it and you can go on to have a little bit more confidence to maybe buy your second NFT or invest in a, in some Ethereum or like start to play around a little bit more an inch by inch. Now you are a real participant in this economy and it's not a 10% female thing anymore. And we do get to shape our vision of the future of what this is and what tools we want built. And, and it's not another internet that we don't get to have a say in before it gets started. Mm. Okay. So as we near the end, one thing that I would want to close with is you've broken it down. You've made it super palpable. There's very actionable things for people to do. Go and listen on YouTube or go to bff.xyz. I mean, there's just, it's my so BFF. robust. Com. My, yeah. my, okay. We changed it. Well, we can also go to my bff.xyz. We learned something, just quick tip. A lot of people in web three have .xyz domain names. It's like how you feel like you're cool and like a web three company. <laughs> But when you email from a .xyz domain, oftentimes your emails end up in spam. And so we ended up shelling out for a .com. So mybff.com is the, is. Is the yeah, one. Is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but also... Okay, good. Yeah. There is a lot, a lot, a lot. And if it still feels intimidating, you have to check out the BFF Discord. I have just, this community is just a bunch of givers. And remember when we started talking about this idea of what it means, like this is a community that you can be a part of just to learn. You're not paying for the access to it. They just want to democratize the way that education is disseminated for people who are just even a little bit interested. And the way that I got started without being intimidated is I said, could I dedicate 15 minutes a day to read a variety of discords? I didn't know, it felt like everybody's speaking a different language, but I just said, well, if I wanted to learn French and I listened to a French podcast for 15 minutes, I would slowly start understanding what it was that, I was listening to. Same thing here. Now, a person gets to that point, but they can't quite see how could I use Web3 NFTs? How could I use it in my business? Have you seen any like use cases or somebody that's doing pretty something pretty interesting in like the small business sense, not necessarily a full-fledged BFF type project? So many. I can't really? even explain. Spill I'm it. so excited. Like, like two. I did a talk with my self-made students today about this because I was like, oh, you guys have to listen. There's so many cool things happening. Um, okay. Two. First of all, you guys listening can't see this. I'm wearing a ring right oh, now. It's, it's a golden ring. It looks like a it looks like little squares hooked together because it's supposed to symbolize the blockchain. To get this ring, you buy an NFT. That is a literal digital image of a gold ring that looks like this. And when you buy the NFT, they ship you the ring. And you're like, okay, cool, whatever. What does that mean? Well, I have a physical product now, but I also have this digital product that I can choose to resell anytime I want, or I can hold on to it 
and maybe it potentially increases in value because there's only so many of these rings available. Maybe it gives me access to go to really incredible meetups and events and digital classes or, you know, digital forums, communities, um, by nature of me having to check in with this NFT, which is verified only to be mine. It's only in my wallet. Um, and so if you are a business creator who has either a product or a service, consider the implications of, instead of just launching a subscription business or a membership business, what if everyone buying into this membership had to buy an NFT that was their access pass into the membership? And maybe they got something with it. I could, I've also seen, you know, there's someone that is thinking about interior design NFTs, where if you own the NFT, you have on-demand access to text questions with an interior designer and get like real-time expert feedback by nature of you being in this club, in this community, right? And so these are called utilities. These are, you know, NFTs with utilities attached to them. And again, you are making your money, your revenue on the onset, just like a subscription, right? They're investing into this product or the service of yours. But the coolest thing is it's not a one-time thing because if Jasmine, you're part of this interior design membership and you're like, eh, I've had, I decorated my house. I'm good. You can resell that to me. And when I buy that from you, the creator of this interior design business can say, I want 20% of royalties on every sale, every resale. So I paid hundred dollars to get this NFT from you, but the interior design company got $20 of that. And, and if I sell it to someone else, they're getting $20 of that. And so not only are they making that top line revenue, but there's this royalty as well. So it's a whole new type of business model, which I think small businesses especially would love because you're getting paid in perpetuity. And same with creators, artists, you know, poets, musicians, you can get paid in perpetuity uh, in this world, which is just a total flip on its head from anything else that exists right now. I love that. I love it a thousand times over. And this is just the very tip of the iceberg. Britt, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for demystifying. Thank you for getting a little bit angry a lot of the time and paving the way for women to be creative and curious. If you would like to connect with Britt, you can find her at Instagram at at Brit, B-R-I-T. And if you found this in a little bit interesting, if you've taken one step in the crypto or Web3 world, or if you just listen to the event on YouTube and you're just interested, tag Brit. Let her know that what she's doing is making a difference. And today you're a little bit more courageous and or a little bit more creative. Brit, how, where can people to go get more information outside of mybff.com? Because that's where obviously she wants you to go. But give a shout out to Brit and Co and Self Made and anything, anything else, all the goods. Thank you. Yes, all the things. Brit.co is Britain Co or at Brit and Co on all the social networks. Tryselfmade.com is the self-made website and at be self-made on Instagram. And then at Offline Ventures, if you want to check out some of the companies we've invested in. And again, all of that is linked from my profile as well at Brit. Brett, thank you so much for sharing your brilliance. You are such an inspiration. I'm so happy to be just running alongside you or very much behind, but like in, <laughs> girl, good <laughs> I can <laughs> make those men, <laughs> make those headwinds, make those headwinds. Uh, I appreciate you a thousand times over. Thank you for your time. You're the best. Thanks for having me. 